My name's Michael Jimenez, and this is the Alamo City Sportscast. Look at this. We got Joe Garcia hanging out right next to me. No longer at the other computer, is now right here. Same picture, same screen. Yeah. What's going on, Joe? Nothing, man. Had a great ye time yesterday with you at the Spurs game. Even though the game didn't turn out the way we, we had hoped, Spurs were looking great, and then all of a sudden, in the final seconds, just got away from them. Yeah, dude. That was brutal, man, because the Spurs at one point, I believe, were up 27 points. They was 22. And yeah. it was over 20. Yeah. And... It just got chipped away, chipped away, chipped away. You and I were screaming from the section that we were in because we kind of felt like it was one person that was circling the drain at the time. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into the Cowboys season. Is the Cowboys season starting to circle the drain? Or do Cowboy fans have more faith in this team, even with a loss to the Eagles? It was a brutal loss. I thought they had it, dude. I thought the Cowboys had it. We'll talk about the Houston Texans, by the way, who are now at 500. C.J. Stroud, five touchdowns in Sunday's performance. What a great win for the Houston Texans. Lots to get into. College football, UTSA Roadrunners. UT won, but dropped in the polls. We have to get into that. We'll talk some pop culture as well. But again, if you want to take part, we are live right now on YouTube. We go from about 10.30 to about 11.45 or so. But again, you might be listening to us in the future. We're available on all the major podcasts. So we're talking about we're talking about the iHeart app. We're talking about um, what's called Google. We're talking about Spotify, all of that stuff. If you want to leave a comment with us, you can go onto our chat line on YouTube. We have a chat feature as well that we're going to call up in a minute or so. Already 15 messages have been sent to us that we'll read in a moment. But my goodness, lots going on. What's going on? What's going on in the chat so far? I'm trying to see what we can, if I can even put them on here. We're actually trying a new system out, so bear with us here. Yeah, I'm so trying to get everything, everything going. Brand new system going on over here, which is why Joe is sitting right next to me. So we'll have some te technical difficulties along the way. It kind of happens, but lots to get into today. But first and foremost, I want to address something that I thought was kind of funny on Twitter today. Um, apparently people got pissed off at a tweet that I posted yesterday Did saying they? that I was trying to stir the pot. Did they? And <laughs> the first person I said this to was Jeff Garcia from Locked On Spurs and Ken's no, Five. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was talking to Jeff at halftime of the game yesterday, and I looked at him and I said, and this is what I tweeted, Jeremy Sohan is Lonnie Walker. <laughs> 2.0. And he, his eyes bugged out like, no, Jimenez, don't tweet that. You're don't do that. Cook. Cook. You're going to get cooked. You're going to get burned. <laughs> cook him, Spurs Twitter. But the point I was trying to make with all of that is this. I had a lot of stock in Lonnie Walker to the very day that he left. I was an apologist for Lonnie Walker. Yeah. I called him my son. I said that I wanted Lonnie Walker on this team to be a bigger part of the offense, that it was Pop's fault that Lonnie Walker was not good with the Spurs. And I gave every excuse in the world for Lonnie Walker. They didn't play him consistent minutes. They uh, had him as a sixth man. They had him as a tenth man. They sometimes started him. I gave every excuse of the world for Lonnie Walker because I wanted him to succeed. And what I'm saying is, is that at some point people realized, well, maybe Lonnie Walker is just not it. I mean, maybe he'll have a long career, but maybe he's not it. Maybe he's not destined to be a starter. Maybe he's not destined to be an all-star. And what I'm saying is, 
is that right now, the more I watch Jeremy Sohan play, the more I believe he's turning into Lonnie Walker in the sense that different positions, but about six months from now, we're all going to look at each other and be thinking to ourselves, wow, is this a guy even for the future of this team? I think what's going on with with, uh, Jeremy Sohan is he's being asked to play a new position. Yeah. And in doing so, there's going to be a lot of growing pains. And I think we're seeing that Coach Pop even alluded to such after the game. I think it was Jeff Jeff Garcia who had an excerpt uh, from a question that he asked Coach Pop about one Jeremy Sohan. And it's kind of frustrating right now early on in the season. He's trying to learn how to play point guard. Not something that comes natural to him. But at the end of the day, if Coach Pop isn't just going to let him ball out and play at his natural position, try to force the issue and make him something different, there's going to be a learning curve. We're only a couple games into the season. We're already seeing that, yes, he didn't look very good yesterday, especially in the waning moments of the game, you know, getting burned out there defensively. And, you know, the overtime period as well didn't look very good defensively. I mean, things like this are going to happen. He's going to have games where he's not going to look good you know, every single game. But at the end of the day, I think it's still kind of a little early. I do see what you're saying about him, though. Is he just one of these guys who's going to just be a, a piece? You know, not not a superstar? I, I mean, who knows? Dude, the number of mentions yesterday on Twitter of the guy's going to be a future star. What are you watching? People are always like, Jimenez, what game are you watching? F you, what game are you watching? We were there. We were at the Frost Bank Center watching Jeremy Sohan get worked by Scotty Barnes over and over and over and over again. I would say that he gave up 20 to 30 points yesterday. Yeah, there were about three plays in a row where he got worked, dude. And, and then, yeah, he got dunked on at the end. And what did Pop do? Yanked him out the last six minutes of regulation. And when they brought him back in, Inbounds pass. Spurs try to win the game with the 1.7 seconds left. What what does he do? Throws the ball 40 feet down court. Got intercepted. Gave Toronto one more chance to win the game. Point nine, Dude, it was a pathetic performance by Jeremy Sohan last night. Pathetic. And I am tired of it. And I am tired of Spurs fans being apologists for him. And I understand that they're playing him out of position, right? But guess what? Last year, the Spurs played him out of position, too, because he's not a shooter. What were they allowing him to do yesterday, last year? They were allowing him to shoot four, five, or six three-pointers per game. This is a guy that can't shoot. He was not a shooter in college. He was not a shooter as a rookie. He's not a shooter now. Yesterday, two for eight. He is 22% on the season from three, down from 25% last year, which is down from 29% as a college freshman. His shooting percentages are so low He is right now in the bottom 10 percentile when it comes to offensive efficiency. Bottom 10 percentile. And Spurs fans are enamored with this guy. They love him because he has nice hair. He's going to be the next Dennis Rodman. Well, they never asked Dennis Rodman to be point guard. So what is he? Okay. Pop is so mismanaging Jeremy Sohan. He mismanaged him last year, mismanaging him this year. I'm not necessarily disagreeing with people when they say that he's out of position. But will you at least agree with me that maybe Pop doesn't know exactly what he's going to do with this guy? Because this guy, when they say he's a raw talent, that just basically means it's going to be years in the making. And do we have the time to figure out what Jeremy Sohan is and isn't? I can tell you what he isn't. He isn't a scorer. You take him out of five feet, he can't make dick. 
Yeah. He cannot make I, dick. I think his his trajectory moving forward is probably going to be a really good role player, you know, where he can play really good defense, much like a Bruce Bowen. I, I'm going to get this. Yeah, ready. we got to get that chat going. So, much like Bruce Bowen, you know, you can go ahead and count on him to knock down an open three here and there. No, you can't. But I'm saying he can he can't make a three. Not right now, but I'm saying eventually. No, he, he can't. Can. Maybe he can develop it. No, he cannot develop it. Maybe that is the can. biggest fallacy of sports is that you're going to develop it as a pro. If you were not a shooter in high school and not a shooter in college a shooter and not a shooter as a rookie, you're not going to be a shooter now. Did Steph Curry, I'm not saying that he's going to be Curry, yeah, okay? But, but what, what I'm saying is, is that Steph Curry knew how to shoot the damn ball in high school and in college, right, when he was at Davidson. Keldon Johnson for the Spurs knew how to shoot the ball in college and in high school. Devin Vassell knew how to shoot at Florida State, knew how to shoot as a rookie. Are you telling me that we're going to develop a shooter in the pros without Chip England? who's no longer with this roster, we're no longer with this team as the shooting guru. No, it's not going to happen. I hate to, to quote Mean Girls, quit making Fetch happen, trying to make Fetch happen. Quit trying to make Jeremy Sohan's going to be an eventual shooter happen. It's not. It's not. And now he's getting worked over defensively. What ended up happening was Jeremy Sohan, the first two months as an NBA pro, last November and last December, Played very well defensively and had a very, very good first impression among a lot of Spurs fans. But what happened since then? It's getting worked over defensively. He got under, underneath Lucas' skin last year, right? Remember that whole story? Jeff Garcia talking all about that. What happened this year? Luca worked him, baby. Scotty uh, Barnes worked him. It's not there. It's not there. He's regressing. And is he regressing because the talent's not there, or is he regressing because Pop is setting him up for failure? I don't want to blame Jeremy Sohan for this. I want him to play to his strengths. And last year, playing him to the strength of, well, he's going to shoot five or six threes per night, that was not a strength. Him playing point guard is not a strength. And, dude, the number of people reached out to me yesterday and were like, did you watch that game? Were you even watching that game? Okay, here's what I watched. He scored what? Four points? Yeah. Five assists, four rebounds in 29 minutes, shot two for eight, and gave up 20 to 30 points to Scotty Barnes. Uh, that's the game I watched. I was there. You were there. I was there. And why are people defending? The Drew Show, coming up strong right now. Hold on. I'm going to go ahead and get to the comments right now. i got to log back in here. Jonathan C coming out and saying Lonnie is in Crooklyn this year, but he'll play for the Shanghai Sharks next year. I don't know, man. Lonnie Walker's looking pretty decent this year. Last I saw, he's averaging about 14, 15 points per game. He was only he's playing with the the Nets right now. Yeah, so that that's basically it. I'm just so so frustrated watching this because so many Spurs fans are all about Sohan. They think that he is going to be great, that he's going to be Kawhi Leonard, that he's going to be like the next big thing for the Spurs, the the, the running mate to, to Victor Weminyama. And it's not it, man. You got to learn how to shoot. And he's not going to develop a shot in the pros. Tony Parker developed a shot in the pros, but he wasn't god-awful. He went from being inconsistent to decent. 
where's the, the jumping off point for Jeremy Sohan? It's god-awful. So the next level from going to god-awful is crappy. And then you go from crappy to inconsistent. Yeah. And then you go from inconsistent to decent. He's not going to go from god-awful to really good. If he was a good shooter, the dude would be shooting free throws with two hands. He would. Now, I will say this. He humbled himself with a one-handed, and he's getting it around 70%, 75%. Fine, he humbled himself. Does he have a pretty decent hook shot? Sure, why not? The hook shots are fine. But my God, what are we talking about? What are we doing out there? If he was really that good, he wouldn't have been on the bench the last six minutes of the fourth quarter. And then they said, come at me, go, Joe. Yeah, but he was out there uh, during the uh, overtime. Yeah, how, how did that work out? They had Chetty Usman, man. Yeah. And he didn't play a single minute in the overtime period. So uh, let's go ahead and go through some of these. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to get logged in here. Oh, my God. How often? Do, how long does it take to get logged in here, Jim? Hey, Come dude, on, man. I got to go send me an invite. I got to go ahead and set everything up. <laughs> I'm just like, the remote control wasn't working today. Okay, so first of all, while, while, you're, while you're looking at that, can I address something, the elephant yeah. in the room? Okay, so I find it funny. That so many people got upset about my post about Jeremy Sohan that they come at me and they come at you, try on a personal level. We're like, well, Jimenez, that's why you don't have a radio show anymore. I tell you what, <laughs> man, the freedom that we have as a podcast, this is the present and the future of sports talk radio. The, saying that you don't have a radio show is like saying, well, you don't have a newspaper column anymore. You know, how often do you read the Express News? Right. Do you, do, you, do you see podcasters trying to act more like radio people? Or do you think radio people are acting more like podcasters these days? I think people are starting to act more like podcasters nowadays, yeah, man. The, the idea of us driving around town listening to the radio is not it anymore, man. It's about podcasting. Okay. It's about on demand. Well, guess what? Are you finally in? I think I am. So I'm going to go ahead and get back up here. And we're going to start with the Drew show because he did spend 20 bucks on Let's hear this. Let's Super see this. Chat, man. So shout out to you, sir. Drew, thank, thank you, you so much. much. He says, quote, Pop burned two timeouts so that Mitch Robinson could kill Pop play to, to run his. It was doo-doo. Mitch ain't it, Pop. Looks like Ty Lue, but not Ty Lue. Pop's macho head games will ruin Sohan like he ruined Lonnie Walker the fourth. You know, I liked Lonnie Walker so much, dude. I remember when the Spurs drafted him out of Miami, and I thought to myself, man, this is this is a, a potential Dwayne Wade type of player. Yeah. Um, do I think the Spurs mismanaged Lonnie? They did. And is it and is he playing better because he's being managed better now? Perhaps. Sohan, though, when they drafted him, the one word that they described was raw. And what raw means means that there's nothing there that's polished, nothing there that's finished. I mean, look at Malachi Branham yesterday. Malachi Branham, who's in his second year as well, also drafted alongside Jeremy Sohan. The guy knows how to shoot. He knows how to shoot. You know why? He shot well in college at Ohio State. You know why? He shot well in high school. Shooters shoot. Rebounders rebound. You know, you're not going to get better getting bounced around by defenses in the NBA. That's just the weirdest rationale of all time. You know, it's like Victor Webanyama has all the talent in the world, 
right? Can he can, can his shooting improve? And people are like, well, Jimenez, you know, Wemby is a 30% three-point shooter for his career in, in, in France. Yeah. That's not great, but you can see the form. You can see that the rhythm's there, the rotation is there. You can see all of these different things when it comes to Wemby. You know that it's there. Sohan has no shot, dude. There's no rotation. You take him outside of five feet, he's only shooting 25 to 30 percent. His effective field goal shooting right now is like 42 percent. That means for every hundred shots he takes, he scores 84. If you gave Chetty Osman right now 100 shots, his effective field goal shooting says he'll make 130 points. Hey, man. Not Chetty, 80. Chetty, Chetty's looking like a really good pickup for the San Antonio Spurs. He is, Spurs, man. He man. is. Let's see any uh, any other good comments that we have coming in. Again, you can take part in our chat right now. <laughs> Got some cowboy comments coming well, in. Well, are there any more Spurs ones coming in? Yeah, I'm going to look right now. Let's take a look. Yeah, I apologize for the uh, – we apologize, rather, for the technical difficulties. Uh, it's a new system over here. As you can see, uh, Joe Garcia is sitting right next to me. Ah, uh, look at what they say. Give that to Lonnie. But not Sohan. Jimenez has been a Sohan hitter since last fucking year. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Am I a Sohan hater? I don't know, man. Would I like for him to succeed? Yes. I'm a Spurs fan. I'm a realist when it comes to it, man. They're calling you out right now. I am a realist. Rudolph Gonzalez. And then Lonnie had one good game in the playoffs, and you were gushing all over him again. That's Rudy, that's exactly it. Sohan is is, what Lonnie Walker was to me is what Jeremy Sohan is to so many fans. You have hit the nail right on the head right there. That's the point. You get one good game and you're like, see, he can do it. And then it's followed up by five or six bad games. Look at this. That is Sohan. He has two or three good passes against the Suns in the first quarter, then plays like shit the next three quarters. And you're like, well, we saw the flashes in the first. Look at this comment here. Mario Cavazos. Jeremy has no skill set, says Mario. Dude just tries. Hard at times. He needs to man up and dunk everything when he's under the basket. Boy, is soft. Ooh, the S word. The four-letter S word. Soft. Uh, I don't want to go there yet. It's one of those things where you see a flash, you see one or two a game, and then that's it. And what ends up happening is, is that you get blinded by everything else that goes on. You get blinded by the fact that he's getting burned defensively. Everyone's like, oh, well, this is a guy that's so good defensively. He can lock down the, the guys that are ones, twos, threes, and fours. No, he can't. If, if he could, he'd be doing it now. He's not. He's not a good defender anymore. I don't know what it is. I don't know what happened. But we're there at the game. Watching him get worked, get point after point, play after play. He was getting worked defensively. That's not being out of position. What that is, is pop mismanaging him. And look at you have STP 11 with this comment here. Never seen an NBA player get such a pass for being a 10.3 rebounding, non-shooting average defensive player. He is a bust. That is a starter, question mark, question mark. Wow, we're going to use the word bust like the movie uh, The Naked Gun? What is this, some sort of bust? Yeah, that's very impressive. But uh, um, 
I don't want to use the word bust yet because I would love to be wrong. I want to eat so much crow when it comes to this, Joe. I want to be proven so wrong that I am ridiculed from here until forever by Spurs Twitter. I want to be wrong. You want that smoke? Yeah, because that would mean that Sohan became a star. I was wrong. I want to be wrong about that. You make it sound like I enjoy seeing him struggle out there. I don't. I don't. But I see what I see. And I see somebody getting worked. I see that the Spurs are better off with Trey Jones, who finally, who finally had a bad game yesterday. Finally had a bad game. Look at this one. They're, they're, they're not wrong. Christopher Leha is not wrong on this one. He says, surprised Jimenez isn't throwing Wemby, who had a minus 17, since he likes to always bring up numbers. Okay. Okay. Um, let's talk about Wemby from yesterday. C.D. Alsman was trying to get a rebound and knock the ball out of Wemby's hands, which allowed Toronto to tie the game with a couple of seconds to go in the fourth quarter. Wemby had that rebound. Osman took it away from him. It was, a, it was a hustle play. They both went for the ball. And it's tragic that the Spurs lost because of that. And it went into overtime because of that. Uh, maybe Sohan can be Aaron Bain. Somebody put on here. <laughs> My people are here, apparently. Um, <laughs> the uh, the thing about about it is is that what was frustrating yesterday was that the Spurs did not force the ball into Wemby, and I hear a lot of people say, "Well, they guarded him very well." The dude's seven four. Look at Mario Cavazos. When are they going to learn to pass the ball real high to Wemby? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and Wemby had a good first half. He was in double figures in the first half. They took him out of the game in the third and fourth quarter. And when they took him out of the game, I'm just there saying, force the ball into him. You know, with the Cowboys, uh, I remember up until this season, the argument against Dak Prescott was he would allow C.D. Lamb to get taken out of the game. Right. Yeah. Oh, double team CD Lamb. I'm just not going to throw in his direction. No, great quarterbacks force the ball into their star and they allow their star to make a play. That was my problem with the Spurs yesterday was that they didn't allow Wemby to make a play. They allowed him to be taken out of the game. It wasn't that he played bad in the second half. Yeah. It wasn't anything like that. They were just forcing the ball. They're like, oh, he's double teamed. Let's go to Zach Collins. Oh, he's double teamed. Let's go to Jeremy Sohan. No, you force the ball into Wemby and let Wemby try to figure something out. And the Spurs, again, without Devin Vassell with a groin injury, by the way, that injury not as bad as originally thought. He's day-to-day, game-to-game. I bet you'll miss the next couple of games. Yeah, they got a error on the side of caution. They don't want him to miss 10, 12 games in a row. But one of the things I did notice with Wemby, especially during the last uh, crunch time period, in the fourth quarter, probably within the last, I'd say, maybe five, six minutes of the fourth quarter. One of the things that we saw is that the Spurs started getting away from Wemby. And instead of giving the ball to him, they kind of went away from him a little bit. Right. And then when they gave him the ball, it wasn't that they gave him the ball in, in positions where it was conducive him to actually ex- execute a play easily. It was hard because immediately the double team would come. They're passing the ball too low. When he was trying to catch the ball and then bring it up, you had everybody swiping at at him, trying to knock the ball out of his hands, getting him tied up, that kind of stuff, sending him to the ground. It's it's stopping the momentum of this young man. He's not able to get in any offensive rhythm, and he tried near the end of the game. He almost single-handedly 
won the game. He was trying to shoot three-pointers. He was trying to do stuff. He finally got a shot up. He got a shot up, but he had to get away from that double team. And I think the Spurs just need to do a better job of recognizing and playing to Wembyama's strengths. It's still early on in the season. They still need to learn how to play with him and vice versa. But, you know, there's some things that you can go ahead and like, and there's things that are very frustrating as we saw in yesterday's overtime loss. Spurs are in the middle right now of a three games and four nights oh, yeah. thing going Playing on. The Pacers tonight they, at 6.30. Uh, Pacers tonight, 6 o'clock. Oh, 6. Okay. Uh, Pacers favored by 8.5 points. Both teams are 3-3. Three and three. And then on Wednesday, the Spurs are at Madison Square Garden to take on the New York Knicks. Gonna be Look at this with you. comment here. Look at this comment. Isan won. Sohan, he says, is not a point guard. Pop has to figure out his true role, or you're going to have him as a free agent at some point. Oh, he says you're going to have to let him free at some point. Let him free. Yeah, become a free agent at some point. Um, Sohan isn't a point guard. And you can tell that by the fact that he doesn't dribble the ball up fast enough. You know, uh, you and I joked at the end of the first quarter, uh, the Spurs were up by one around four minutes to go in the first quarter, and they brought in Trey Jones. What did I tell you? Uh -oh. I said, it's time for a run. Spurs are going to go on a run. <coughs> Spurs got it up to 10 real fast. And it wasn't because, oh, well, he's playing against backups. No, it's because he plays point guard. He <laughs> plays point guard. And as that Spurs 27-point lead turned into 18 and then to 12, then to 7, you and I were in section 217 or 227. Yeah. And I was screaming, what? Put in a point guard. No, you were put in a point guard. Sit Sohan's ass down. <laughs> you were put a point guard in. Sit his ass down. Sit his ass down. No. And that was funny too, because when you're doing all this, you're going on your little rant. And then they're like, you know what's gonna be good? Because they were saying they were playing like charades or something like that, you know, with the caricatures. Yeah. You know, and they had pictures and they're like, if you don't pay for for pants, then the shirts are free. And they're like, let's go ahead and hand out the free shirts. And I said, Mike. If they shot you a shirt <laughs> and you or a free shirt at that and you opened from the, it up, from the cannon from the cannon and it was a Jeremy Sohan shirt. I throw that I shit go, he, back. You didn't even let me finish. I'll throw that shit back. <laughs> <laughs> that is brutal, man. That's brutal. Oh my god. No, but but I, I was screaming in the stands, and it's like if I can see this from section 227 and you can see it, and I, I was going on a rant out there. I was I think what, what was what was going on was that there was 20 people around us, right? Because <laughs> we had a little nook where we were at, right? Exactly. Right? We don't have a lot of people bothering us. Yeah. We're kind of out of the way. And I'm there screaming, get Sohan out of the game. I'm screaming, he's not a point guard. Put the point guard back in. As the Spurs lead was going from 15 to 12 to 8 to 6 to 4. And it was so funny because, like, the, the dads that were next to me started nodding. They were like, he's right. Get him out. <laughs> the lead cir the, it circled the drain because of Sohan. It oh really did. God. Spurs should not have lost that game. And I know if Vassell was there, the Spurs probably would have won. But the thing is, is that, you know, Spurs have two road games. Win one of these games. If you, if you, they were four and four after eight games, after seeing the schedule, knowing that they played the Suns twice and they played the Clippers and the Mavericks. If the season started at four and four, I'd be happy. So just win one of these road games. And hey, maybe Sohan has a big night tonight. Maybe uh, he does. Matt Lerma. Matt Lerma says on our YouTube chat, Mike has been talking about how he likes traditional point guards all summer. Now that he's not getting what he wants, he takes every opportunity to trash Sohan trying to expand his game. Okay, go expand your game in Austin.
isn't that what the G League is for? Yeah, developmental developmental league. league. Go expand that in Austin. Don't do that in the regular season. Look That's not expanding the, the game. Drew Show again. Shout out to him, man. Spending five dollars on the super chat. We do have super chat active. By All the right, way, guys. I like it. Drew Show says I want Jacques Vaughn to be the next Spurs head coach. Looks like Mitch, not Tyloo Robinson, is the guy now. Not Will Hardy, not Ime, not Becky. It's Mitch. Um, there's something to be said about point guards that have become head coaches. We've seen this with Chauncey Billups. We've seen this with Jason Kidd. Uh, you, you know, you see people out there like Steve Nash who are active and uh, things like that. There, there's a point guards mentality when it comes to knowing how it all should run. And it's no different than quarterbacks in football. They know where, where everyone is supposed to be. And I'm all about having the traditional point guard role. Last year, if you look at the top 10 assist getters last year in the NBA, nine were point guards. The only one that wasn't was Nikola Jokic. Well, you know what I got to do, man? I have to do it. And I know you hate it. But Christopher Leha was begging me to do this. No, we Grito, gotta we no. gotta do the Grito. No, or not only Spurs fans, just three seconds, but Cowboys Nation oh, as well. Shit. <laughs> oh, the, the, the Grito of shame. The Grito of shame. That is out of a loss. You lose a twenty-plus point lead. I mean, you deserve to be bagged on. No. You, you, you deserve it. And it's not the first time. When the Spurs beat the Suns the second time, the, Sun, the Spurs also lost a 27-point lead. But got it back when Wimby put the team on his shoulders. This game, they didn't allow him to do that. They, they, let, they let Toronto take him out of the game. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. Oh, no, when I look says, at Matt Lerma. Wemby scored two points. Matt Lerma saying you all are underestimating how well Wemby was guarded. No, we're not. We we're exactly saying that's what was happening. Touch, when they were getting him the ball. They weren't getting it. Get him the ball. Anyway, double teamed, get him the ball. Triple teamed, get him the ball. If they have all five players and three guys come off the bench illegally and have eight people on him, you get him the ball. You are not allowed to do that. Dude, okay. Was Michael Jordan ever taken out of games? Was LeBron James ever taken out of games? Was, you know, uh, the greats taken out of games? No, you get them the ball. They didn't take Duncan out of games. It doesn't matter. You let him figure it out. And I know he's six games in, but Jesus, that is the best player you have on this team by far, especially with Vassell out. And one of the things that uh, Victor Wembeyama does too is when he gets the ball, he has a tendency to bring it down. Don't bring the ball down. You're the tallest guy on the court. Bring it up so it's more obvious when you're getting fouled. The refs are able to see that instead of you having to bring the ball down. Then it gets, you know, knocked out of your hands. It's on the ground, on the court, and you're trying to scramble to grab it. You have long arms. I get that. But it's not as obvious if you bring it up and you can see people right. swiping at your arms. Dude, Zach Hollins, man. Um, I had high hopes this year. Oh, I mean, man. I, I mean, he, I mean I, the stats suggest otherwise. He's had a couple of statistically good games, but he looks so awkward out there this year. He really does. Defensively, he becomes a liability at times. Offensively, he's putting up points, you know, and Coach Pop is putting him out there. Right. But he does get burned, and I made the observation to you. I said, look what's going to happen. Teams are going to go ahead and bring him out to the top of the key, right? And then what happens immediately? He gets cooked. Right. You know, they go right, right around him. Trey Jones looked awful yesterday. 
um, it, it there was something about Dennis Schroeder that I cannot stand. I cannot stand that guy. He's a good defensive player. And then you get by him and you've got uh, Pascal Siakam there and Scotty Barnes there. Uh, I mean, he was looking like a pinball machine, just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. He could not get any room to do anything yesterday. Uh, Trey Jones's first bad game of the year. <laughs> Matt Lerma's on one today. He says he meant his confirmed Sohan hater. I want to be wrong, Matt. I want to be wrong. I'm not going to be wrong this year, though. Hey, man, Keldon Johnson, look at Drew's show, says, I noticed the Keldon haters in the chat, Spurs, Twitter, and this this show are ignoring his heroics and crunch time to save them Spurs along with Wemby. Funny how that works. No credit for the 27-point lead. No, I mean. Yeah, Keldon played Keldon very played well. played very well. And he's been playing well. We haven't said much about him because there's not much to say bad about him because he's been playing a lot better than he has in the previous season. A couple of things. Uh, he's averaging fewer points per game than last year, but he's playing better. A lot better. Defensively, he's playing better as well. Sometimes less is more. Uh, it's amazing what happens when you play a player in their natural position. Yeah, he's not having to do as much this season because now you have Wemby, who's demanding all the attention, which is great because it allows the other players to kind of, like you said, play at their natural position all except for Sohan I don't know what coach pop is doing Kelton Johnson right right now this year is averaging 17 points per game almost six rebounds and a little bit more than four assists per game I mean that is not bad at all look dude. at Tim Gonzalez Wemby might have a monster game tonight Mike and Joe do you believe Wemby will score 30 points tonight I don't know if he's going to score 30 points but he'll get I, north of 20 I think he'll have 20 plus I, I think he's going to have a better showing than he did yesterday after the the game yesterday when there were reporters were interviewing him he was not happy no and he rightfully wasn't. so he shouldn't have been happy this is a a very disheartening and, and hard loss for the Spurs Keldon's three-point shooting has increased from 32.9 percent to 35.3 i know we're early on but that's a that's a big deal for me uh his overall field goal percentage has gone up from 45 percent to 46 percent that's a big deal and his effective field goal shooting one of my favorite stats by the way is effective field goal shooting is at 53 percent he gets that to 54 then we're pretty good yeah but you know what we gotta do spot. too before we start getting even further into this show we gotta go ahead and do a quick ad read for one of our sponsors and that would be mcs general contracting MCS General Contracting, more than 30 years of combined experience in concrete placement. They are the best in the business, honest pricing, high quality work. They get going on house foundations, driveways, concrete patio decks. If you want to extend the deck, extend the driveway. If you're a business and you need to put together a slab, a parking lot or other concrete placement services or sidewalks, reach out to MCS General Contracting at 210-774-9155. They're confident in their skills, so give Chris Leha over at MCS General Contracting a call at 210-774-9155. And thank you for being a sponsor of this show. MC MCS General Contracting, again, that diamond hard concrete, baby. <laughs> basketball, man. Get the basketball court. You know what they got to do? They got to get a basketball court built for Jeremy Sohan so he can oh, teach him how to shoot during man. the offseason. By the way, I'm looking at the effective field goal shooting for the Spurs roster right now. Now, for those of you who don't know what effective field goal shooting is, it's uh, kind of like slugging percentage in baseball. Okay, it, it basically takes your field goal percentage, you know, sh shots made versus shots missed. They, th they then combine that with three-point shooting to get your effective shooting, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like batting average is like 
hits and at bats, but slugging percentage combines your doubles and triples and your home runs, right? And you get a, a different number. Right now, the best effective field goal shooter on this team is Charles Bassey, but Bassey doesn't play much. So I'm going to scratch him out. Next on the list is Doug McDermott, followed by Chetty Osman, Devin Vassell, and Victor Wembanyama. Okay. All of them have very good effective field goal shooting right now. Wemby is at 54.3, which means that if he shoots the ball 100 times, he'll score about 108 points per game per, per 100 times he shoots, right? Yeah. The worst one on the team is, is uh, Julian Champagny. But of all the ones that gets run, because Champagny averages five minutes per game, out of all the Spurs players that have the most run, by far the worst effective field goal shooting is Jeremy Sohan. You're considered to be a bad effective field goal shooter if you're under 50%. You're, you're considered to be atrocious if you're under 46%. He's at 42. Damn. And guess what? He wasn't much better last year. Look at Grizzly. I always gets me, man. <laughs> because he's calling <laughs> you out. <laughs> Don't worry. MCS doesn't flip. <laughs> Brutal. Let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Well, 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 we got one more comment here from the Drew Show. And, of course, we're going to go ahead and read it because he's doing the Super Chat, man. That's why you get that little highlighted, you know, mention here. So he says he's going to love it when you all Devin Slurpers realize his fragile body and lack of toughness will regulate him to a bench player. I don't know, man. I, I think Devin Vassell is probably arguably the second best player that the Spurs have. He's the best well-rounded player. I believe that the Spurs have on the on their roster. Yeah, that's that's it, man. Vassell, I Drew Show and I go back and forth on social media about Devin Vassell. I'm a big fan of Devin Vassell. Uh, mm -hmm. I love his play, and his defensively, he's gotten a lot better. Uh, offensively, he wants to be the alpha this year. While while Wemby has his training wheels on, he wants to be the alpha this year, and I don't mind it. Devin Vassell can shoot. He can knock down threes like crazy. Yeah, he's uh, he can he can run the break. He plays well defensively. Well, here's he, another comment from the he's Drew show here. If Devin doesn't find his way to the bench, Drew says he will become the next Willie Anderson, a superbly talented player killed by nagging injuries. Uh, well, I mean, if this is a groin injury that keeps him out for three or four games, so be it. Let's see at the end of the year, Drew. You know, if he plays 60, 65 games then I'd be okay with it. But if he plays 40, 45 games, then I will understand you saying that he is injury prone. That would make perfect sense to me at that point. Yeah. And yeah, so we got to get into this cowboy talk, man. You saw the game last night. We came back right after the overtime period was over. We drove back here. You went home. You were tired. You were watching the cowboy game, relaxing probably on your sofa. And you were witness to a really exciting game. Thrilling finish for cowboy fans. Unfortunately, it was not meant to be. You had the toe stepping out of bounds for one Dak Prescott. And then what happened? The last play of the game there. Cowboys creeping in. In the red zone. Yeah. Knee down. The knee down was not, <laughs> not a touchdown. Okay, so Eagles were up by double digits going into the fourth quarter. Right? I believe it was 28 to 17. And as, as you were saying, you had that one tight end who catches the ball at the end zone. 
it's it's declared a touchdown. Then they go to the the defending team. The defending players knew that he was not in the end zone. They were asking for it to be reviewed, and all touchdowns are reviewed anyway. But you saw that the knee was down, and a lot of Cowboy fans are upset because they're saying, well, he was getting tackled at the time. It's a contact game. It's a contact game. You know, uh, it, it's a bang-bang type of thing. You, you, you're not going to let a player just catch the ball and then hit him. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a contact game. Um, One of the things you can't do, too, is as Dak Prescott, quarterback you know, uh, of the team, is when you're down near the red zone, you can't take a loss and take a sack. Well, you yeah. have to get rid of the ball. And I get, hey, you know what? You don't want it to turn into an interception. But you can also, there's such a thing as throwing the ball away. Right. Okay. You know? So so lots of things to go on when it comes to that. Okay. So you have the play where the, the tight end gets, gets, gets called down at the six-inch line, right? Then you have the fact that Dak Prescott is trying to score on a scamper reaches out for the uh the pylon and steps out of bounds. Yeah. Right? Little things like that added up. And then they you go toe you, out of bounds. You go to the very end, they get the ball one last time, moving the ball down the field, part of it because of penalties, sets it up. There's like 46 seconds to go. Oh, was it like a five yard penalty? They were one in the first and six and then the five yard penalty. Well well no but back. no but to go all the way down the oh, yeah, field. Yeah. They went all the way down the field because of pass interference calls and things oh, yeah, like that. Yeah. And then there's 46 seconds left, and the Cowboys are within 10 yards of winning this game. The Eagles are reeling at this point, right? They are – if this was a boxing match, they're staggering. And all you got to do is hit them once in the head, right? And they're done. They're done for. And I kept thinking to myself, oh, my God, the Cowboys are going to win this game. And the Cowboys somehow magically go backwards – 20 yards in the next two plays. And as you mentioned, Dak gets sacked. Yep. And you can't do that. You got to throw the ball away. Hey, man, credit to the Eagles, though, man. The Eagles defense played very well yesterday. And the Cowboys played a really good game against the division leading, you know, Eagles in the NFC East. The Eagles are a team that know how to win games when it gets close, even when they're behind. It seems like they don't panic. They're able to win these big games. And that's something that the Dallas Cowboys need to learn to figure out. It seems like they just can't figure that out. When it comes into that big moment when you have to step up, find ways to win games, Right? they can't do it. They just can't seem to figure that out. And it's very frustrating as a Cowboy fan to see that season after season after season. And the crazy thing is that the Cowboys, in less than a month, they're going to wind up facing the Eagles again. You know, while the season isn't over for the the Dallas Cowboys, dropping to five and three doesn't help your cause when you have the Eagles at eight and one. They're they're basically going to win the division. The Cowboys looking more and more likely that no matter what their record's going to be, they're going to be in the wild card and they're playing on the road. There's a very good chance of that, man. Yeah. There's a very good chance of that. We do have some breaking news coming in to this podcast here. According to ESPN.com, Giants quarterback Daniel Jones is out for the oh. year. Daniel Jones suffered an injury yesterday out for the year and he has a torn ACL. The Giants play the Cowboys next week. Yeah. So the Cowboys are going to be playing against a backup quarterback. A hobbled up Giants team. Yeah, without a starting QB. On paper, you would look at this and say, hey, that's going to be an easy win. It should be because Dale Jones is the kind of quarterback that, you know, the Cowboys have struggles with sometimes. A, a mobile quarterback 
who can get out of the pocket, go rush for 40, 50, 60 yards, uh, but no Daniel Jones. Now, here's the thing about the Cowboys. Right now, as you mentioned, the Cowboys appear to be lined up for a wild card berth again. Yeah, I like this comment here, by the way, by Joshua Jimenez. Joshua Jimenez says, you play good teams, good players keep you close. Great players make great plays and win games like C.J. Stroud did. C.J. Stroud yesterday, five touchdown passes. He balled out. Almost threw for 400 yards. Dak Prescott almost threw for 400 yards for crying out loud. Dak Prescott looked No interceptions. But again, when it came down to it, when he needed to throw the ball away, he didn't. That's the problem. Dak Prescott's not the reason why the Cowboys lost. Dak Prescott was the reason why they were in the game. Because Tony Pollard did nothing yesterday. They were in the game because of Dak Prescott. But they didn't win at the end because of Dak Prescott. And that reminds me so much of what Tony Romo was. Tony Romo was the reason why they were in so many last second games. Come from behind victories, you know? Yeah. But I'm just like, at the at the big moment, when you need that huge win to keep on pushing yourself forward, getting back to that Super Bowl, wasn't able to do it. No, wasn't able to do it. Now, the Cowboys will make the playoffs and just make the tournament is kind of half the battle, if you will. Yeah. But if you look at the uh, the standings right now, the Eagles right there at eight and one, the Cowboys at five and three. That's a two and a half game lead in the NFC East. To me, it's almost insurmountable, but I'll give the Cowboy fans some hope for some reason for optimism. Okay. A couple of things. If the season were to end right now, the Eagles would have the bye in the first round. And the first round matchups would be Minnesota going to Detroit in a 7 2 matchup. Dallas at the number six spot would go to San Francisco for the first round wildcard game. And the Seattle Seahawks would travel to New Orleans to play the Saints, who are now alone atop the NFC South. So why would the Cowboys have some reason for optimism? Well, let's take a look at the next two games for the Cowboys. The Cowboys, again, right now, five and three, but they have no Daniel Jones when they go up against the Giants. They're home in Jerry World against the Giants. Then they have the Carolina Panthers. And Bryce Young, all he does is throw pick sixes because (laughs) homeboy cannot see over the offensive line. Then after that, the Cowboys have, I believe this is the Thanksgiving game, the Washington Commanders. Yeah. Those you know, are, th- and that's at Jerry World. Those, all three of those should be victories. There's the thing, though. The last couple of games during Thanksgiving for the Cowboys have not ended well. Right. You know? Now, the Commanders have been playing kind of feisty. That's going to be a difficult game. It's Yeah, it's not going to be easy for the Cowboys. But, but, but can you see the Cowboys winning the next two games? Carolina. I mean, the Cowboys defense Giants against Bryce and, and the Giants. Right? So they're going to be seven and three. You agree with me on that, right? I believe that they can win those games. But again, on paper, it looks like, hey, you should have no problem against the Giants. Now let's take a look at what the Eagles have the next four games. On the road against the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday Night Football. That's a tough game. Home against the Buffalo Bills, who are struggling to suffer to some extent and need to win that game. Then they're home against the 49ers and then on the road against the Cowboys. That four-week stretch for the 8-1 and one Eagles, it was so important for them to win last night's game to give them some, some buffer room. Yeah, yeah. But, man, that stretch right there of Chiefs, Bills, Niners, then the Cowboys 
And then after that, they play the Seahawks on the road. It is possible for the Cowboys to catch up. It really is. The problem is that the Cowboys uh, schedule right now gets easy. And then what happens towards the end of the season? It gets harder. It gets harder. Because they got Miami. They've got um, the the Eagles again. It just gets harder for the Cowboys That's... as time goes on. They got the on the road against the Bills. Cowboys have the Lions. So... That happens all the time, though, with the Cowboys. Yeah. Notoriously, in that second half of the season, it's where they start seeing a lot of their losses because they're playing up against a lot of good teams, great teams. They got the Seattle Seahawks coming up as well in the month of, of November, I believe. Now, the Houston Texans, though, C.J. Stroud, man, that guy is the truth. That guy should be rookie of the year. He's balling out, dude. He no is doubt. the truth. Especially with that first game where he looked a little shaky and the coach was like, credit to the coach. Houston, Texas coach, he believed in him. And to know? think last last week they should have won that game. The Texans should be five and three, but they're four and four. But who would have thought of them being four and four right now? A 500 team? I wouldn't have thought of it. Right now, the Texans are one game away from making the playoffs. Because if the season ended right now, Kansas City would get the bye. You have the Bengals, Joe Burrow. No longer hurt, man. He started the season off hurt. Yeah. He's, they're playing very well. You'd have the Bengals on the road against the Ravens, man. The Ravens look tough. Lamar Jackson's playing so well. You'd have the Cleveland Browns making the playoffs, taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars, and then the 5-4 matchup would be Pittsburgh on the road to Miami. Miami undefeated against teams with losing records. Winless against teams with winning records. Yeah. They had a tough game, a tough loss in Germany to the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday. We also got to talk about the latest AP college football poll that came out. Oh, bring it. What's going, what's going on? So as of November the 5th, this is what the latest AP poll rankings are for college football. You still have no change at number one. You still have Georgia. You have Michigan. Again, no change there, even though they're cheating. <laughs> <laughs> Ohio State is number three. Florida State, they're number four right now. You have Washington who is at number five, and all the top five teams are all undefeated. Now you're going to Oregon. You got them in the top six right now. They're at the sixth spot. Now you have Texas. Now Texas, this was a, an interesting one to me because UT, they actually winded up beating Kansas State, but it was a game that went into overtime. And it was a game that they could have lost, but they were up by 20 points in the third quarter, and then it uh, went downtown from there, went downhill from there. Uh, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong, did Texas go down a spot? I believe they went down. They dropped one slot. So now they're at number seven. So we're going to go with the top ten here. And at number eight right now, I believe we have Alabama. So Alabama's number eight. They and beat they LSU. Mm -hmm. And now you have Penn State, too, at, at number nine. And rounding out the top ten is Ole Miss. They went up a slot there. So that's your top ten, your AP college football top 10 now utsa have won has won five games in a row beat north texas out in denton 37 to 29 it seems like it was a close game based on the score but it really wasn't utsa was in control of that game for most of the afternoon right now as i mentioned utsa five and no they started the year one and three they had losses to houston they had a loss to army uh, they had a loss to tennessee they've regrouped i remember when they were one and three head coach uh, jeff trailer said we're undefeated still because yeah. all that matters is what goes on in the American athletic conference at the AAC. And right now three teams are undefeated atop the AAC. You've got Tulane at five and zero, 
SMU at 5-0 and and UTSA at 5-0. and UTSA plays at Tulane in New Orleans the day after Thanksgiving. UTSA this week, though, they should be coming back home, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they're playing in the Dome. UTSA football, man. It's it's, it's fun times over there, dude. I love going what to What does Coach Trailer say? They're undefeated. We're, we're undefeated, baby. We're undefeated. <laughs> home against Rice, a 6.30 kickoff. So, man, there'll be a lot of tailgating. Because when you, when you tailgate at 2.30, game, drunk, when, when it game's at 2.30, you really can't get hyped up because yeah. you get there at 11. You're having some tacos, a little bit of barbecue. You get a few drinks in. Yeah, then you go in. You're but drunk before kick, the game. But if kickoff is at 6.30, man, you can prep for hours before going on in. Yeah, you, if you're going to get there, it's an early game. The tailgate, the tailgate people, the alum, are yeah. going to be there like at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, right when they open the gates, mm-hmm. you know? And I go with my chilled fireball, man. I go with my chilled, my chilled fireball. Rudolph says, you don't sway cowboy fans, Jimenez. I don't know where he's going with that. It's one of those things where, I mean, cowboys are a good team, but are they a great team? The answer yeah. is no. And so we're saying Texans are an eight and nine. Josh, you meant saying I was saying the Texans are an eight and nine, eight and nine win team. I thought six before the season started. I said six. CJ Stroud changed your mind. Well, no, no. I was all about CJ Stroud. Go back. I have I have the receipts from San Antonio Sports Star. I was like they lucked out by getting to number two, because had they had number one, they would have taken Bryce Young, which was the wrong pick. The right picks in the draft this year, quarterback. And I said it several times on air with C.J. Stroud and Will Levis. And guess what? Both of them are balling out. Now, look at this. Texas Latina says, Texas Longhorns stayed number seven in the AP poll. No change after the win against K-State. Okay, so I I think you're right about that, Texas Latina. Uh, I think the disconnect that I have is that they stayed at seven, but someone leaped over them. Uh, Oregon leaped over them. Olivia was Oregon. It's what it was. So they stayed the same. But who was eight went six is what I'm saying. Rudolph says, when you're saying you're going to give Cowboy fans some hope, that's what I'm talking about. Well, the hope is this. I mean, you you take a look at that schedule that the Eagles have where they got the Bills. You know, they got the Chiefs. They've got the Cowboys. They've got the Seahawks. They've got the Niners. I mean, with, with, with those five teams ahead for the Eagles, you would think that they're going to lose at least two of them, right? Yeah. They're, only, they're so, going to have a loss there, so, too. So if they're 8-1 and one and they they go 2-3, and three, that makes them 10-4. and four. Can the Cowboys be 10-4 and four at that point in the season? I don't know. But with the Cowboys having a weak schedule leading up to that game in Philadelphia, because the Cowboys right now at 5-3, and three, they should be 8-3. and three. They should be 8-3 and three going up into that game against the Eagles. They beat the Eagles. Suddenly, they're 9-3. and three. They can beat the Eagles. The Eagles are a better team, though. Yeah. So if you got to beat them, you got to you got to get them going. That defense needs to be on point, man. Leighton Vanderesh has missed. Yeah, he is, man. They miss him on defense. But you know what? Before we move on, yeah, I'm gonna let you push this button right here so we can play the ad read for for Jeff Garcia, Locked On Spurs. Very nice. Push it down all the way. Locked On Spurs is your daily Spurs podcast hosted by Jeff Garcia, the lead Spurs writer for Ken's 5 San Antonio. Jeff has a healthy plethora of guests all the time on the Locked On Spurs podcast. You can also follow Jeff on threads at Jeff G Ken's 5 SA. You can also follow Jeff on Twitter 
at Jeff G Spurs Zone. So make sure you go ahead and give Jeff a follow not only on Threads and Twitter, but also on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash at Locked on Spurs. This is where you're going to be able to find the replay of the Locked on Spurs podcast. Make sure to like, subscribe, and share. Daily content of the San Antonio Spurs by Jeff Garcia. He follows the team. He's in the locker room after every home game. Jeff Garcia knows what's going on when it comes to the Spurs. I subscribe on not only YouTube, I subscribe on Spotify as well. I listen every day to that content. He's also on Ken's5.com, so you can follow all of his articles on there. Today's guest on Locked on Spurs is someone who's accused of being a Sohan hater. It is Michael Jimenez. We, Michael Skip. Skip. We, we filmed this. <laughs> we filmed this inside the Frost Bank Center yesterday. Oh, wait, with technical difficulties. Yes, we, we had to do it twice, right? The first time was good. Uh, technical difficulties, so we had to do it again. And uh, we had the crowd behind us, uh, you know, walking through the uh, concourse area. Uh, it was good. But today's topic of conversation is, is Victor Wembanyama going to be an all-star this year? Or do we have to pump the brakes on that? So, again, Jeff Garcia is going to drop that later on today. Uh, Jack Thompson uh, is also going to be on that episode of Locked on Spurs. Nice. Hey, you know what I wanted to go ahead and say real quick, too? Hey, since we're going ahead and upping our, our video quality and our production, and there's been a lot of expense that has been happening lately. So what we would appreciate you guys to do is, if you can, go ahead and donate to us. You know, if you like the show, you like what we do, buy us a beer. You know, I'm going to go ahead and get that to work because I can't right now. I'm in the wrong setting here, but we're going to go ahead and start flashing the the little graphic is going to come across the, the screen here. And when it does, it has a QR code, has a URL, you know, buying us a beer, tipping us. If you like what we do, starts at a dollar, man. Dropped it down. One dollar. One dollar. One dollar. So we're going to be funded by you, the listeners, the, the, the fans, you know, so we greatly appreciate any and all support. And if you also like what we do, go ahead and give us some love, man. Yeah. Show us some love. Hit that like button, you know, and, and, and beyond the like button, share what we do. Yeah. Let people know that you follow this, this show that we're doing what we're doing. And, and that means going onto your Facebook platform, onto your uh, uh, Twitter accounts, your X accounts and sharing what we're doing so that people know, that we're out here doing our thing because you know that's the thing about podcasting people are going after me today because they didn't like my sohan take right and i i find it interesting because people think that oh well you just podcast like like, yeah. like that like that's an insult and i mentioned to them i mean how many people watch this show or listen to the show we have we have different platforms it's kind of hard to tally it all up because we get x number of views on youtube we get X number of views on Facebook. We get X number of views on Twitter and listens on Spotify and iHeart, all that stuff. I would say that it's probably 500 to 2,000, right? We've had, we've had some really big shows where we had a lot of people on there. Uh, and they make reference to the fact that, you know, I don't have a radio show anymore and, oh, that, yeah. and that Mike Taylor doesn't have a show anymore. Well, guess what? Mike Taylor and I had something in common. We both had successful, highly rated shows. And that's no disrespect to the other shows. That's just fact. But it is so freeing to be doing a podcast that when you talk to people who are in radio, guess what they hope, wish, what they wish they could do? Podcast. They wish that they could podcast and make the same amount of money. Live stream, yeah. 
radio shows are acting like podcasters these days because that's where they know the direction. Podcasters are not acting like we're on the radio. We do an hour and 15 minute long show, right? I hit a wire there, so my bad. We do an hour and 15 minute long show. And there's no commercials. We don't we don't we don't toss to break. So the content that we do in an hour and 15 minutes is the equivalent of doing a two and a half hour long show on the radio. So I like what we're doing here. And guess what? I get to come in and out in an hour and 15 minutes. You are 10 minutes from my house. Yeah. I get to go back to work, work on my business and make money. This is a win-win for me. And on top of that, you know, kind of like uh, uh, earmuffs on, on old school. Oh, the audio's you, fixed, by the you, way. You can say shit damn fuck on, oh, uh, yeah. uh, you know, all you got to do is say earmuffs. I get to say whatever the hell I want to say. Yeah. You know, I don't have, who's corporate around here? Who's the corporate <laughs> person to tell me? Because I don't when, know. Because when I, <laughs> when I was uh, on the radio, I had people who would give me crap about, don't talk about this. Uh, don't, don't, don't beat up on the Cowboys too much. Don't say that. Don't forget to say this. Do this. Mention this. And don't get me wrong. It was my show. But there were like, it was kind of like bowling with the, with the rails up, you yeah. know? You were under constraints. Stay, I had to stay within, within the lane, right? Here, I don't have to do any of that stuff. You know? I don't have to do any of that. I get to hang out with you, Joe. Hour and 15 <laughs> minutes and get the hell out. Go all of my life. Yeah. It's fun, though, man. It's we had fun. A lot of fun. And, 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 and having conversations with Mike Taylor about podcasting versus radio. Oh, yeah, man. I think he's right. I it's think more right. fun. He's he's doing a great job, by the way. If you haven't, go make sure you listen to the Mike Taylor show. Him and DJLG Lawrence, they're doing a great job. Man. And even though he and I are we're going on at the same time right now because of you know your My schedule, your, your schedule changing, it doesn't matter because whether you 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 get his podcast on Spotify or iHeart, and you you get this podcast on iHeart or Spotify, you can listen to them in whatever order you want to listen to them to. And we're going to be making some changes as time goes on. Yeah. Some improvements we might be adding to the uh, the roster, adding oh, yeah. to the team. Um, yeah, it's good times, man. And and now I kind of have a better grasp of things that's going on in my world. I can be more consistent about being here. Uh, the only be time fun. that I think that I'm going to be missing anytime soon is going to be my daughter's college graduation in mid-December. But aside yeah. from that, I should be here on that Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Yeah. Oh, and you're probably going to be a fill-in, too, for Brandon Medina, maybe on Sunday for the yeah. Fantasy Gods. Fantasy Gods. Fantasy He's going to be over watching the game in uh, Minnesota. David Otwater reaching down saying, OU Boston <laughs> is out of the top 10. Dude, it, was, it could be the last bedlam. That's that's one of the bad things about OU going to the uh, SEC is that uh, bedlam, that uh, o, OU versus uh, Oklahoma State rivalry is gone. That was one of my favorite rivalries to watch. It's amazing. The Longhorns, though, still have that outside chance of making the college football playoff. They have to yeah. run the table, though. I saw people were coming for – they came for you yesterday because of your Sohan take. And they were also coming for Mike Taylor on social media because of what he, he was saying to the Cowboys. He went for the Cowboys. Yeah, he was talking crap about Dak Prescott. And and I get it. You know, Dak – I'm not a Cowboy fan, so I can be very objective about the Cowboys. People say that I'm a Cowboy hater. Whatever. I'm not a fan. And because of that, I can see it for what it is. Yeah. Dak you know Prescott what I, is good. He's just not great. You know what I do like about Mike Taylor, man? 
he's funny as hell, bro. Because all these people are coming at him, and he he's firing back. Yeah, <laughs> he's doing a Sohan. He's firing back at the haters. Yeah, so I'm like, I like that. I like your style, Mike. <laughs> we need to get him back here in the studio, man, so we can have him drunk by the time he leaves again. We do. We'll, we'll bring him with Chicago Fuertes here. Get get him some uh, some mimosas or manmosas. Yeah. Hey, man, I gave him a three finger pour. And to his credit, man, he finished the whole yeah. damn thing. It's like, good on you, Mike. Tonight, Monday Night Football, we've got the L.A. Chargers on the road against the New York Jets. The Jets are not favored. The Chargers are favored by three and a half points. But, man, the Jets, they just find a way to win. It's like watching oh, Tebow. Oh, man, I don't want to hear that. The Jets, I'm done with them, man. They've already messed up my parlays. I can't even tell you <laughs> how many times. The Jets belong to the streets now. I'm done with them. <laughs> I've been told this to Brandon. He makes fun of me all the time. What about the Jets, bro? I said, no, they they hit one of my parlays really big in week one, you know, and that one come from behind game where you had Aaron Rodgers go down. After that, I'm done with them. And you're done with them? I'm done with them. Man, imagine if uh, Zach Wilson takes them to the playoffs. No, and Aaron, man, and Aaron no. Rodgers is healthy enough to come back. That is not going to happen, bro. You've seen Zach Wilson. AF man. Blue says Dak is is Jag, just a guy. Not the reason why they lost, but he'll never be the reason why they win the big game. Ouch. Man, <laughs> you know, calling somebody just a guy is kind of an insult. And yesterday at the Spurs game, talking about Sohan, I said, he's just a guy. He's just a guy. So you were comparing him to Lonnie, and I said, well, I said, at least Lonnie, you know, could shoot a little bit better. But <laughs> And you were laughing at that. Do we have some love coming from Mexico? What's going on? I, I'm, I'm trying to read the... The fine print from your computer screen right here. Oh, it's up here on the big screen for you. Let's see. It takes a little while here. Saludos. Destes. It's coming from Chihuahua, Mexico. What is Mexico? Great show. Very nice. Gracias. Muchas gracias. We've got we've gone international. You know, when I had control of the YouTube page uh, a couple of months ago, you, you can see where the uh, people are watching from. And you're like, you saw that there was a lot of them from the 210 area because we're we're coming Local, out of San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, but we had a good number of people in, in the 956, the Valley. We had some 512. But we also had some in the Philippines. Yeah, dude. Philippines always have a, a following there. I don't know why, uh, it's man. It's military installation. Probably, yeah. Because the same thing happens with, like, the California was was Fernandez. Yeah, like, when I do two shots, two shots is, like, in the top five or something like that in the philippines when it comes to spurs podcast strange bro. <laughs> it, it's kind of like uh we're we're, you know, we're not pop stars here but we're big in japan <laughs> we're big. I'm, the, I'm big in the philippines <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're gonna have to start bringing this to a close though oh af blue with still better than Derek carr though hey you know what Derek carr is actually gonna have a, a home playoff game this year yeah five and four starting to pull away from the the nfc south uh, all I said was nine wins will get that division. Derek Carr is playing a lot better. That team is finally offensively scoring in the red zone. Taysom Hill has got to be my favorite football player. What did he do yesterday? 40 yards rushing through a touchdown. Yards, he yeah. caught one. I mean, what does he do? He plays football. He plays what does Fernandez say? All we do is win. Yeah, that's <laughs> what he is. So I'll take it, baby. I, I don't care if they, if they have a, a, a crappy schedule. A win is a win is a win, and there's a good chance the Cowboys will play the Saints defense first week of the playoffs. Hey, Wednesdays, you know what that means. We're going to have the one and only Jeff Garcia joining us talking all things first. Hopefully, we'll be talking about a win. And we might be talking about a movie review. We were going to do it today, but 
we had so much sports Jeez. going on yesterday that uh but uh Jean Claude, right? I just realized you guys are gonna force me to pay four bucks to watch a Jean-Claude Van Damme oh, movie. Because yeah. Bloodsport, which I've never seen before, gonna give a movie review on on Wednesday. I've never seen it before, and it's not streaming for free anywhere. Really? That's surprising, dude. Let's see if it's on regular YouTube. I don't want to pay four Maybe bucks. Maybe it is on regular YouTube because you know how they have some of these old movies and they can watch them for free. Yeah. I, I, I'd go ahead and look that up. I saw that it's going to be on Showtime next week. I was like, oh, I could get it on free because I think I have the Showtime app, if I'm not mistaken, uh, or whatever they call it. I have it with Paramount Plus. Oh, you do? Oh, I have Paramount Plus. Yeah. So if you have Paramount Plus, I think you pay like two dollars or three dollars more and you get showtime for yeah all all the crap that i have of these two dollars and five dollars it adds up bro. it adds up dude i just realized the other day that i have season passes to sea world i haven't gone in six months <laughs> god i signed up and i forgot about it and it's like i just noticed on my credit hey, card statement it's take right the there kids take the kids out to to go see the lights i'm gonna go see shamu by myself man shamu 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 and what else? Uh, all the other um, Sesame Street characters they got over there. Oh, I love it. I love it. Mike Baez says, watch it on YouTube. You know, I'm going to give a fair assessment to this movie. I want to enjoy it. People think that I want to have hatred towards all things. What was that from In Living Color? Hated it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what does it say? Men on movies or something like that? That skit they used to do? Yeah. Men on film. Men on film. It was funny. If you, if you don't know... You should go back and look at the old skits, dude. They were hilarious. And it's game day tonight. Not only Monday Night Football, but we also have the San Antonio Spurs in action. Early start, early tip-off, 6 o'clock. You're going to yeah. see. So you got Monday Night Football and the Spurs playing at the same time. Hey, that's when it pays to have something like YouTube, where you can watch more than one show or one sporting event at the same time. That's pretty cool, man. I know they did the same thing with the NBA League Pass because I have that courtesy of the Spurs yeah. being a season ticket holder. So you just grab games that are showing up on the top bar that they have the scores. They're showing the scores, and you just drag them, and you can have like four games on at once. That's cool. That's cool, dude. That is cool. YouTube Sports – I'm sorry. Uh, um, what's it called? Uh, what, do, what do I have? Yeah, I, I, yeah I have YouTube, YouTube TV. YouTube TV. YouTube TV does a pretty good job, but you can't pick which ones you want to do. Ah, that's although the other day they had the World Series and Monday Night Football on, ah. and that worked out pretty well. That was the first time I had seen them do a split screen of different sports because typically it's like all football games, all college football, all college basketball, but they actually combined those two. That was pretty good. I like YouTube. Yeah, I like it a lot. So I'm going to go ahead and head over there because I have to hit the end stream button. But all right, let me see if we have any before we before we go. Any other good comments before we go? Because like see, I said, we're, we're, we're doing a, a, a different setup today that we're trying to do. So I appreciate everyone being very, um, very nice. Nick saying Mike pissed me off with his pop take the other day, but I still listen. LOL. Nick, thank you so much for that. Texas Latina says, I like Mike. He's funny. Not, not, not sure if she's talking about me or if she's talking about Mike Taylor, but all. Oh, no, she's talking, she's talking about you because before I even mentioned Taylor, she had already put the comment. Josh, he says, Victor is an all-star. Oh yeah. Jack Thompson. Gonna listen now talking about locked on Spurs. Rudolph Renee saying that Jimenez is a Sohan hater. Mario Cavasso saying the Eagles are lucky to have a bye this week because Jalen Hurts is hurting. That's a big deal, and that's actually very true. But then again, on one leg, you beat the Cowboys. 
Lots of comments coming in, man. Hanover Fist saying, yes, Shroud uh, had a comeback win, man. Good job. Fly Eagles fly, says Chris Gonzalez. That stings for Cowboy fans, man. That stings for Cowboy fans. Yeah. The dream it wasn't a groin injury. That wasn't a groin injury. MRI was negative, bro. Well, you can have an you can have a hurt groin, dude. I guess it's the difference between being hurt and being injured, right? And then Christopher Leha calls me a flip flopper. <laughs> Rudolph saying listening to Mike is like listening to Rush Limbaugh or Joe Pags. Most of the time you tune in just to listen to the bullshit and get upset. <laughs> Uh, Joe Pags got mad, man. I got banned from Joe Pags' show because I called him out on his bullshit. I called him out, and I was like, "Oh!" And I and, and he and he lost the argument, and he knew I lost. He lost the argument, and he goes, "Well, you know, you know, you, you know, you you just obviously don't have the." Uh, I remember he said something to the effect of, "You don't have the um, the life experience." I said, "Dude, I'm a 40 year old man, a father, a husband, <laughs> I, I have three kids. kids, and I have a business." I <laughs> mean, I don't have. I was like, you're not talking to a 20-year-old. Thank you for thinking that I'm young. Maybe I have a young voice on the when, when I call into your show. Uh, but, yeah, none of that bullshit. Rush Limbaugh. Rest in peace, big big fella. Ah, nah, dude. <laughs> I, don't, I don't rest in peace with that guy. Not at all. Oh, at man. All. But this has been fun. <laughs> Why is AM Blue asking, what would I do with a billion dollars? Two teams at the same time. <laughs> Why are we doing some references to Office Space uh, on our, our threads over here? By the way, I'm on I'm at MJ Acquired Taste on Twitter. X Joe Garcia is at Two Shots Podcast. This has been fun. We're gonna do more pop culture on Wednesday though. So we're here to Wednesday. We're here on Friday. Everyone have a great day again. MCS General Contracting. Thank you for sponsoring Jeff Garcia. Locked on Spurs again. I along with Jack Thompson will be the guest today. Uh, it usually drops around this time, but uh, thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Spread the word that we're doing what we do. Y'all have a good day. <laughs>